Hi everyone, and thanks for listening to Visibility, the monthly podcast produced by CID, the Council for Intellectual Disability. Here, we'll be telling our stories and exploring some of the issues that impact people with intellectual disability. To find out more about our work, visit www.cid.org.au. Now, settle in and enjoy. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Council for Intellectual Disability acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. You're listening to Visibility, the Council for Intellectual Disabilities podcast. Today, we'll be talking with Judith about her experience as a person with intellectual disability, who's also a parent and a grandparent, and some of the joys and challenges of family relationships. Welcome, Judith. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Oh, that's really good. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us on the podcast. Glad to. Excellent. So, Judith, I know that you've got some incredible life experience and I wanted to chat with you today about what it was like way back when you were a first-time mum and talk about what that experience was like for you. So, Judith, you you have four children, right? I have four children, yes, I do. How old are they now? First one's going to be 39 December. The youngest is 27. That must have been really hectic, um, having so many kids in the house. Can you can you tell us what it was like a little bit um, day to day, um, you know, so, sort of running around in a busy house and, and having to try and do work and being a busy mum? Just a bit crowded. When I, when, I, when I and my family get together, it's a it's a big family. How how many people do you reckon would be at a big family gathering, Judith, for oh, for your family? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, over 30. It's going to be 11 grandchildren, my four kids and their partners, and my, great, and my, my great-grandson and his mum. That's quite a lot. So, Judith, you have lots of experience with family, with as being a mother and a grandmother and a great-great-grandmother. What... Um, what do you think makes a happy, healthy family? The healthy relationships have helped. Yeah, healthy. Have a good relationship. Connect connect with families together as a family with love and respect. Lots of love. What What makes a good relationship? Do you think? How do you? How can you tell Judith if you're if you're having a good relationship with someone? Be there, just be there. Be respectful. Take it as who they are. No discrimination. I don't. I just want my family to be happy. They're happy with our lives, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit what it was like um, being a new mum with with your daughter? Like how, what, what sort of things did you really think about um, when you when you realised that you were pregnant? I was looking forward, forward to be a mum because I was pretty confident I'd be a good mum that time. It, some, you know, some things I'm not sure. Did I actually be looked after and oh, am I doing the right thing to her and be a good mum? I had a lot of questions in my mind that time, my first one. I, I was less, I was less stressful than now to have my babies, because uh, if I was stressed, the baby could feel a bit of stress too. What's one of What's one of your favourite memories as a new mum? No, my, my first child. That's only thirty nine years ago. 
was different, was new. My life's changed. I had to go into some changes during my life. I was pregnant, my first child. And then I had to settle down as a responsible parent. I had, to, I did have some challenges there. They went past later on. And so, do you think that um, because you grew up with an intellectual disability, were you looking out for that with your babies? I did. Yeah, I did. Before before they were born, I started looking out. I had plans to plans to look out. <laughs> Just make sure and make sure they didn't go through. What I went through. I would let that happen to them. Make sure they get all help and support they need. For your childhood experience, did you did you get the support that you needed when you were a baby and a kid growing up? No. I, I had to get tested when I was six years old. It was ordered by um, New South Wales Welfare. It's called Welfare at that time. Now it has Department of Community Services. Do you have siblings with intellectual disability? No, not, not, my, not my siblings, no, only one of our cousins. And so, um, did did you feel that you were treated differently from your from your siblings because you had an intellectual disability? They were a lot more tougher with me and my brothers. My mum, my mum, um, put did did put me first. Just put my brothers first before me. That said, that said, I gave them a hard time. They didn't they didn't know what to do. And I know that we were chatting about, um, you know, how you wanted to ensure that your that your children got some of the support that you didn't get. And do you think that that gave you um, a bit more of an insight? Maybe you would have been looking out with your new babies a bit more than, say, a mum without or a parent without intellectual disability? Yeah, I did look out more. I didn't want my children to turn up saying it's me, so struggle as I did. Because I knew I've, I've had plans. If they did, I would, get, I would get them help already, get started. I, was, I started school almost nine years old. Well, that's late, isn't it? Yes, yes. It was late. Most of my job got start early. When I was 15 years old, I had made I made a choice. I'm not going to be enough science with my mum. I didn't want to be like her. I had a lot of difficult relationships with her. I didn't want the same thing happen to two of my girls at all. I'd be more open. Open, like, honestly, yes. I learned experience from my mum. And her mum too. Yeah, it took my grandma. It took my grandma a um, long time accepted it. For the last two years, of her life she's like, she's like me. I'm a bit more, a bit more understandable. Not be saying no mind it. One of my girls come tell me things. So you wanted to make sure that as a parent yourself, that you that your kids could always come and talk to you. They come talk to me, tell me things. Yes, yes. Because I did want somebody who's, who's very judgmental and very judgmental because my mum was very judgmental. I didn't like, I just don't like that. So you wanted to be an open-minded parent? Yeah, be open-minded, yeah, yeah. Do you think that you are, Judith? I, I think I am. Some things might be, um, some values will be different. I'll keep, keep my values miles to myself a little. And so, Judith, um, do any of your children have disability at all? I had a slight, slight in borderline my second daughter in, in ID. As, as an adult, she has a mental health more than else. And so do you, did you pick up on um, her mild intellectual disability when, when she was young? No, I didn't. Not, not, not until she started preschool and then they said, 
they realised something wasn't right, something was a bit wrong. Then I started noticing later when they told me. And I said, I need to for help then. And did they include you in, in all the stuff that yeah, was happening? Yes, I did, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, that's excellent, yeah. And do you feel like because you know what it's like to have an intellectual disability that you probably were able to understand your daughter a bit better? Yeah, I do, yes. Yeah. When I found out, I give her support, give her help, as I did, on her level, her level of learning. She was doing fine. She's a good reader, good spelling. She's what she never gave up. Keep going. Yeah, like a mum. Sounds like it's part of your philosophy, Judith, to to keep going. And did you did you have um, much support from your family and and your partner at the time? And no family support at all. No partner support. Wow, that's really tough, isn't it? It was tough, yes. And and you did that with four children. I did all the four children. Wow, that's incredible. And so, Judith, can you tell us a little bit more what it was like, um, say, doing all the first things, like I guess, you know, your first day home with your new baby? Um, what, what was that like, sort of setting things up and, and you know, organising yourself for a, a new baby in your life? Mm, it was different. <laughs> it was really different, yes, yeah. It was a bit nervous and scared at first and then because things got better. And I think all, all new parents would be able to relate to that. All new mums go through it, yes. You had two babies under two at one stage, didn't you? Yeah, I had two babies under two years. And so what was that like, juggling that? I knew I, knew I, I can. I can organise, look after two kids myself because the learning experience from the first one. Kept me busy. So. <laughs> I bet, I bet. And so what was the difference between, like, having when you had your first baby and then having your second baby? Extra extra, extra chores, extra responsibilities <laughs> to have another child in this world, especially when the second one's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess you kind of knew what you are in for a little bit, did you? Uh, well, I knew what I was in for and I knew what to do. Yeah, more experienced. And and so with that, did did you find that um, like nurses or doctors or health professionals did they treat you differently because you had an intellectual disability? No, not really. No, I mean, the first time, first time, the first nursing baby nurse sister had a bit of doubts. That time, and then it got then it got better as it goes along. I'm capable, I'm capable of looking at my baby myself. Yeah, yeah. So now if you were if you were to have a conversation, say, with a midwife or with a community nurse, so people who are going to have contact with new mums and new parents, new dads, um, you know, anyone who's a new parent, would you, would you sort of have any um, advice for them if they're working with people with intellectual disability, working with new parents with intellectual disability? Would you have... Would you have any advice for them? Just be treated, treated, treated equally like anybody else. Yeah. Be included like the same as other everybody. Everybody should be included the same. Yeah. Oh, lots of interesting things have been covered today. So stick around because we'll be back after this short break. You're listening to Visibility, the podcast produced by the Council for Intellectual Disability. If you're enjoying this episode, you can support us by reviewing us through Apple, 
Podchaser or your favourite listening app. Welcome back. We've been talking to Judith about life as a first-time mum with an intellectual disability. Like, did you get to a stage, Judith, where you thought, oh, gosh, should I... Should I tell my children I have an intellectual disability or should they just see me as mum or it's a tricky thing, isn't it? Both. I told them as, as, I, as I got older, yeah, yeah when, when, um, when their friends said something, is there something wrong with your mum because of right, cause, cause my speech impediment, part of my disability? I talked about my, about my experiences and what it was like. The kids say, I love your mum. I still love me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. that is so good. And so, um, Judith, I wanted to also um, kind of ask you about, I guess, like, you know, as your kids were growing up and they were getting friends and you were, they were going on play dates, did you have to have discussions with other parents about your disability? No, I didn't. Uh, I, didn't talk about, I didn't talk about it to other people. Yeah. Maybe because I learned I was bullied, bullied when I was young at school, and it yeah, they put me down. Nobody wanted to talk about it to other parents. And I guess you shouldn't have to keep telling people. No, I didn't have to know. I didn't talk to me. Only once, who knew me from my childhood, see how I was doing it, doing as a mum. They were really surprised. I was doing well. Yeah. When you're a parent or you're a caretaker of a child, kids come home with homework. So how did you how did you deal with when your kids maybe started coming home with homework? I did I, I did do my best to talk about teaching, do my ability. Yeah. yeah. And the difficult car, like I couldn't help them. Ain't it easy? Yeah. Like easy to read and and mass easy stuff. Yeah. And so, were you worried that you that you felt like, oh gosh, if I can't help you, then you know, it, it's sort of, it'll make things tricky. It can be, yes. I couldn't. I got. I went to high school. I couldn't help them. Help them much more. Yeah. As a parent and grandparent yourself, uh, is there any advice that you that you give to your children about parenting? Yeah, I'm not just. They're pretty confident, confident parents themselves. They're self-independent. And, and, and yeah, two of the two adults that do have mental health issues, they try their best. So um, I'm wondering, Judith, if, like, if one of your girls, you know, sort of call, called you today as a parent and said, ah, oh, Mum, this is getting too much, the kids are driving me crazy, what would you say to her? <laughs> take time out. <laughs> I say, take time out. Yes, I used to just take time, take time. I go to my room, close the door, go to my room for a while. They do it. I'm like, when they're when the boys at school, they do take time out. When their babies are asleep, they spend time on themselves. Yeah, and they rest, they, they rest as well. A little while. Just don't take it on your children. It's not, it's not good. It's not healthy. Well, what would you say, Judith, to any new mums in the hospital at the moment, all of those doubts that you have in your mind but you believe in yourself? What, what would you say to a new mum? Just believe in yourself and don't put it in your mind. Your mind will take over. It's so it's so great for you to to be able to share with us that, you know, like anyone who's a first-time parent, it's scary, you're worried, you're not, you know, you feel like you're not sure whether you can do a good job, but your philosophy 
of always, you know, trying your best and knowing that you are capable, that people then started trusting that you were capable. And I think that that's a great message. Yeah. yeah. If you want to have children, have them. Because nothing will stop you with, even with your ID. Because I had, I had other people, their parents got their daughter's tubes tied. They're missing out on life. They had no choice. It's just harsh, really harsh. Yeah, that's really harsh. It's so important that those sorts of things don't happen anymore and people have choice and control in their lives, right? Yes, I sure do, yeah. I, would, I, know, I don't I know what children. to do about my family. I don't know what I do. I had to have a choice, either wait for marriage or to have children. I felt I took the choice to have children. So if I waited for somebody to marry me, I would have no children at all. It was, just my, it was my, as an adult, it was my choice. When I was 20, I was about 24, 25 years old, I told my mum that. Yeah. She took, she did accept it later on. But you, so you knew from a young age you really wanted to have babies. Yeah, I did, I did yes. I was knew I'm not going to, I never thought about husbands at all. I thought it was in my heart, what's going to happen. I like being a parent, yes. If I did, if I, did I wouldn't have nothing to look forward to. I have children, it was a bit later, but once I was pregnant, I forgot, or I forgot I'm not capable, capable of. I left that behind. Oh, that's so great. And that shows a that shows a strength because I imagine lots of people on the outside were perhaps saying that you couldn't, but inside you were like, yes, I can. I guess I can, yes. I, I can leave, at least I can leave something behind on this earth. It's my children and they mean generations to come. Yeah. Yeah, having a legacy. Yeah, of course, my own legacy, yeah. Please join us again next month for episode three in our relationship series when we'll be talking about the ins and outs of sexual relationships. Until then. You can support our podcast by leaving a review to Apple or your listening app of choice. Until next month.